University of California, Irvine, this is the UCI Podcast. I'm Brian Bell. Thank you for joining me. For this episode, we're going to explore an institution within an institution, UCI's School of Physical Sciences. The school is quite an operation. It's one of the academic units that dates all the way back to the founding of the university in 1965. It has been home to two Nobel Prize winners, 14 of its faculty members have been inducted into the National Academy of Sciences and 12 into the American Academy of Arts and Sciences. The school encompasses four departments, chemistry, mathematics, physics and astronomy, and earth system science. There are about 600 graduate students pursuing advanced degrees in physical science fields and more than 2,700 majoring in subjects offered by the school. Those students are guided along their educational paths by 164 faculty with the assistance of more than 100 staff members. I recently sat down for a discussion about the past, present, and future of the School of Physical Sciences with its new dean, James Bullock. Having first arrived at UCI in 2004, Bullock is a respected astronomer and cosmologist. His most recent role was chair of UCI's Department of Physics and Astronomy. He's got some big plans for the direction of his school, which we'll share with you. Coming up next. Welcome to the podcast, Dean Bullock. Uh, You've been in your new job for a few months now. Previously, you were chair of the Department of Physics and Astronomy. How has the transition to this new position gone for you? It's been fantastic. You know, one of the things I loved about being chair of physics and astronomy was that I got the opportunity to learn about, talk about, and advocate for all of the just awesome science that's going on in physics and astronomy as a department. But now that I'm dean of the School of Physical Sciences, I have all of this other fantastic science that I get to learn about, talk about, and advocate for. It's a privilege, and it's just been an amazing first first couple months here. In your view, How has the School of Physical Sciences evolved since its early days after the founding of UCI more than 50 years ago? You know, one of the amazing things about this school is the trajectory we've been on, but this incredibly, I guess, um, inspiring starting point. You know, the the founding dean of our school is a guy named Fred Rhinus, and Fred Rhinus is famous for discovering the neutrino. Now, the neutrino is this particle that was hypothesized to exist, but many of the people who even came up with the idea thought that it was going to be undetectable. And, and Rhinus went out to discover this thing partially because he was told it could not be done. Now this was quite a big deal. Rhinus won the Nobel Prize in physics for discovering the neutrino, but it's this spirit of our founding dean that would tackle the incredibly difficult things, things that people said can never be accomplished. Uh, that's still alive and well here. And I think that legacy, that, that, that founding, I guess, ethos that's still with us today inspires us to tackle the hardest problems and to stop at nothing to solve these really, really important questions we're trying to solve now. So physics was a very strong discipline from the very early days. What are some of the other fields that are covered by this school that are, that are also strong here? Another area we're really proud of is our legacy in chemistry. And, and Another founding faculty member is Sherry Rowland. In fact, we're sitting in Rowland Hall right now, named after Rowland, who also won a Nobel Prize. And he won the Nobel Prize for literally changing the world. So it was right here in this building that Sherry Rowland and his colleague discovered that CFCs deplete ozone. 
This launched the Montreal Protocol, and today the ozone hole is closing. Um, and this is something that started right here at UCI, and it's a legacy we're extremely proud of. Off of that, this school is home to the first department of Earth System Science that exists. There are many others now today, but this was a founding um, idea that came from Ralph Cicerone, who was also a dean of this school. The Department of Earth System Science is really focused on the Earth as a system and understanding climate change and uh, humanity's role in, in shaping uh, the Earth's climate. We're talking about glacier melt, ocean level, understanding forest fires and how to prepare for the inevitable future where we're probably unfortunately going to have more forest fires. So trying to understand all of these things uh, from a scientific point of view and then allowing us to get ready and prepare for the future. So now you've mentioned we've covered physics, chemistry, earth system science, and uh, the, the school has other uh, yes. so, departments. Yes. So our, um, our math department is another sort of shining star, I think, of this campus. If I stick with the story of founding faculty members, uh, we have a really inspirational founding faculty member named Ed Thorpe. If you've ever heard of card counting, Ed Thorpe invented card counting. He figured out how to actually calculate the odds of winning a, a hand of blackjack by keeping track of how many cards have been played and what those cards were. I have um, his book. Oh yeah, so I hope you've made some money off of it and many people have. <laughs> um, but you know, the thing about that is, is that he comes from a fundamental mathematician's point of view, probability theory. He's done fundamental work in that area and then he applied it to all of these interesting problems. He actually went on to found one of the first very successful hedge funds uh, and is now uh, living quite well on, on uh, on, on that work. So we're, we're proud of that legacy as well. So really every single department has a, a fundamental, I think, inspirational founding story. And today we're just super excited and proud to build off of those to even greater challenges. Uh, the School of Physical Sciences recently came out with a new strategic plan. Uh, what, are, what are some of the elements of that plan and how do you intend to bring them to fruition? You know, as I mentioned before, you know, this school has always been bold. We've always been tackling what we regard as the most important problems, no matter if people think they can be solved. You know, we, we fundamentally believe that with basic science, you can do anything. So for example, the future of climate and the future of energy are two areas where we're really focusing considerable effort. Um, this is not only understanding what the future climate is going to be on the earth and in California, and then preparing for it but also stopping at nothing to tackle climate change. So specifically, we are trying to invent new energy technologies that will allow us to move towards a carbon-free energy production. This includes very interesting ideas in fusion energy, artificial photosynthesis, new battery technology. These are areas where you have physicists and chemists and mathematicians and earth system science, scientists working together to solve these global challenges. Uh, and, and I, for one, am incredibly optimistic. As I'm sure you already know, the UCI podcast is a great way to learn about what's happening at the University of California, Irvine. But it's not the only way. Our website, uci.edu, is a portal to all sorts of information about the institution, from descriptions of our academic units and degree programs to campus events and organizations. You can find announcements about the latest research findings from across the university at news.uci.edu. 
Another great way to connect is through our social media profiles on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, and more. There's always something new and interesting popping up on our homepage, so head over to uci.edu and check it out. Now, back to our interview with School of Physical Sciences Dean James Bullock. There is often a lot of emphasis put on a school's fundamental and applied research activities institutionally, but the School of Physical Sciences always seems to me to focus a lot on its students. What is your perspective on student life in your school and what the school does to foster engagement with students? You know, the lifeblood, I think, of any institution of higher learning is, are the students, right? And this includes our undergraduate students, um, our majors, and our PhD students and graduate students. We spend a lot of time and energy thinking about what their experience is going to be and exposing students to interesting tools and new ideas and preparing them really to go out into the world and, and make a fundamental change. There's a lot going on in the world right now and I really firmly believe that it's this basic understanding of basic science, basic mathematics, that was going to be the the sort of level, the scaffolding that will allow us to sort of have a brighter future. It's really those students, the ones we're educating right now, who are going to lead the world in the next decade or two. Uh, and it's essential, and we are proud of the role we play in enabling that future. I see a lot of students who are kind of expressing leadership in areas of diversity and inclusiveness. And I think I've seen you sort of uh, amplify some of their messages on social media. What is your feeling about that? I, I tell you what, I mean, I am so inspired by the current crop of students that we have. I mean, they are uh, leaders. They really are. I have had so many undergraduate students and graduate students come directly to me and propose ideas. And, and they'll just tell me, frankly, listen, we're not doing this. We need to do more for this population, or we need to provide more support structure for first-gen students uh, and students who from underrepresented backgrounds. And you know, they're right. And one of the things that's been a great privilege of this position is to basically get out of their way, provide them with a little resources, and allow them to do their thing. I think this idea that is embodied by UC Irvine, that we are educating so many students who are the first in their family to go to college, so many students from diverse backgrounds, it makes us a really strong place. It is, in fact, our superpower. By casting this wide net we're tapping into this deep well of potential that I think many other uh, institutions of higher learning are just not tapping into. Um, and that's going to allow us to do even greater things, to get more interesting ideas, diverse opinions. And that is just a strength that, that I'm incredibly proud of here at this school. And another thing, besides just our majors, you know, throughout campus, we're serving, serving almost all of the undergraduate students. 96.5% of students on this campus take at least one course from the School of Physical Sciences. So we're talking about people who are pre-med taking our chemistry classes, engineering students take our physics classes, and a lot of people are taking the math classes. So it's a really important service that we're proud of, and, and we hope that we're contributing to their success, certainly even if their majors are sort of outside of the school. So almost every UCI alum, alum is a uh, physical sciences alum. At some level, yes. I think <laughs> almost every alum has, is, has come through here. Yep. One more question. Okay. Are, are you excited about the future? I'm really excited about the future, and I'll say for multiple reasons. Primarily, it's because of the youth. And I mean youth 
going from our undergraduate students, but also our junior faculty are just amazing people. Um, there's so many brilliant ideas, breaking down barriers uh, between different disciplines that are sort of artificial anyway. You know, there's a lot of big problems. I'm not going to pretend that, that there aren't, but um, there's so many exciting things going on. Let me just give you one example. About 10 years ago, I couldn't tell you how many Earth-like planets there were that existed out there in the night sky. Today we know that about one in five stars out there uh, hosts an Earth-like planet. It's very likely that some of these planets host life. Now, the chemistry that governs the atmosphere of the Earth and, and fundamentally governs the life on this planet that's the same chemistry that exists on these distant worlds. So we have astronomers here at UC Irvine who are looking for these planets, who are trying to determine which of them have life, and if they do, what is that life like? So that's a question that really unites everything from chemistry to astronomy to fundamental physics to biology. These are global questions. In fact, they're bigger than global questions. They're universal questions. And so at the same time that we're trying to tackle concrete, important problems here on Earth, we're keeping our spirits open to these profound, fundamental questions that, will, that, that really transcend even our planet. And back here on Earth, we have other fundamental challenges we're trying to solve. So another example is the question of fusion energy. Now, a lot of people don't know this but the largest, most successful private fusion company in the world is a company called TAE Technologies. That was founded by another one of our founding faculty members in physics named Norman Rostocker. Now, Rostocker had this idea that he wanted to do fusion in a different way than other people were trying to do it. Rather than the standard approach, which is the physics is pretty straightforward, but the engineering is hard, the Rostocker model was Let's do it in such a way that the physics is hard. Let's solve the hard physics, but create a situation where the engineering is more straightforward. Well, the good news is today, they've solved that physics problem. They know how to do it. So today there's a, a new machine over there in Foothill Ranch that they've actually named Norman. And this has met fundamental milestone after milestone. And today they're telling us that within about 10 years, they're going to have a way to generate electricity using fusion with the kind of reactor that they can just plug into an electrical grid and go. If that works, it will literally change the world and provide a way of making energy that's clean, that's carbon-free, and without all of the, the byproducts that we worry about with sort of normal nuclear fission reactions. So that's really exciting stuff. That company has a lot of legacy history with UCI, but it also currently has staff that are, are uh, sort of half assigned to UCI. To, uh, Professor Toshi Tajima, I yeah, think, is one example. That's right. So Professor Tajima is a chief scientist over there, but he's also a, um, a, a chair in our, in our physics department. The CEO of that company is a UCI um, alum from our physics program with a PhD. Um, and they, in fact, employ a large number of our graduates um, because they're looking for very capable scientists. It's a partnership that's really, I think, allowing both of us to succeed in many levels. Well, I want to thank you for joining us here on the UCI podcast. Dean Bullock? Thank you. It's been great.
learn more about Dean James Bullock and UCI's School of Physical Sciences at ps.uci.edu. The UCI Podcast is a production of Strategic Communications and Public Affairs at the University of California, Irvine. I'm Brian Bell. Thank you for listening.